You're listening to audio from Grace Community Church in Anger, North Carolina. More information about Grace Community Church can be found at graceccnc.org. Well, good morning. I would uh, just like to welcome myself to Grace Community Church. <laughs> uh, I have been on sabbatical for one month. I got another month to go. Uh, that you, uh, a sabbatical, by the way, that you have graciously allowed me to have. If you're new to Grace and you've been coming a little bit lately, I would love to meet you after the service. Uh, for those of you that have been coming for many years, I have been on Remembering Names Overload this week at Team Valley Ranch. So, uh, I don't know, Chuck and Sarah, I just... It's, it's going to be that kind of a, you know, it's going to be that kind of a day, I'm afraid. Uh, I'll be back full-time, Lord willing, at the 1st of August. This time has been so spiritually refreshing for Allison and me both. We've put a lot of miles on our cars, and we've attended worship services from Raleigh to Grand Rapids, Michigan. If you can believe, we took a road trip to Michigan. We have friends up there. And Allison told me afterwards that I didn't clear my throat once up there. The allergies, it's just all different up there, which that really scares me when you think about it. But we've been listening on uh, the, 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 the podcast to the messages at Grace. Ricky Lee, Chris Pope, Neil Manning, David Calvert. And the preaching has been really good. So good, in fact, that I've decided to cancel the second half of this sabbatical. Uh, <laughs> Just, uh, just kidding. It really has been great, though. And we've come to Isaiah 38 and 39, where we will read the remarkable story of King Hezekiah being told to put his house in order because God said, you're going to die. Hezekiah asked for 15 more years. The Lord gave it to him graciously, but it's not at all certain whether that those 15 years were good. It could be that maybe God's will uh, that Isaiah circumvented or Hezekiah circumvented wasn't the best anyway. I have for some time wanted to preach about dying well in an age seeking immortality. And this text is a place to think about such heavy matters. And we're going to do so on August 5th and maybe August 12th as well. Not today. Several reasons. One, the primary reason, I just did not. There is no way these last few weeks that I could get ready to say everything that I want to say. The TVR celebration, 50th anniversary celebration this week up at Plum Tree was amazing. Um, the, the, the numbers of people whose lives have been transformed in that place uh, was pretty much overwhelming. And so that's one of the reasons. It just There just wasn't the time to prepare like I wanted to. But also, um, we need time to sort of prepare for this thought. You know, we spend our lives doing everything we can to avoid thinking about death. We don't like it. It's inevitable. We all know it. The older you are, the more you have to think about it. Uh, but especially when you're young, unless you were forced to, you don't think about it. So 
I want to give your heart time to prepare. And some of you have been really up close and personal, either with a loss or with a diagnosis that was out of the blue, shocking diagnosis. And all of a sudden, you're faced to force your mortality. And, and truly, it's never a bad thing for us to face our own mortality. But it's not easy, so prepare for that. And some of you may even choose, you know, I think I'll read the manuscript or even listen to the message later. Uh, I just want to give you the heads up that we're going to be doing that uh, on August the 5th. Look, this past week at, at TVR, um, at the anniversary celebration uh, for the camp, all five directors and their wives were there along with about 250 other people, most of whom had been on staff at some time, and probably the majority of whom had been on staff when I was there during those times. I, I think every single person who was there would tell you the same thing. We are all in awe of what the Lord has chosen to do in that place. In the most unlikely of places, using the unlikeliest of people for 50 years. Uh, we as a church in Harnett County, North Carolina, are blessed to support what's going on in Plumtree, North Carolina. Little in the world, but great in heaven. Pray for the ministry of the word this week as Ricky is going to be preaching uh, starting tomorrow. So... With your indulgence, as if, you know, you've got a say in this, you may have a say later. I will preach this morning from a text that I really, that I always want to come back to over and over again. Every two to three years, I wouldn't mind if we preach it every year. Same thing, Psalm 103. I, I would like for you to participate just a little in this message, and there are not going to be any microphones, microphones roaming around, so... You're going to have to project. I have confidence, full confidence in your ability both to read what's on the screen and to project. So I'm going to ask you to read the text. I'm going to read the first three verses um, that will be on the screen in just a moment. And then someone else pick up verses four and five. Whatever's on the screen, someone else pick it up. Read it so everyone can hear. And we'll do so all the way till we get to, to verse 22 at the end of the psalm. And I want you to be encouraged from God's word. It's a good break to take from Isaiah. There's plenty of gospel in Isaiah, but there's plenty of really hard stuff in Isaiah. And this reminds us of God's heart for his children and his desire for us to feel fully accepted and loved in him. So, as is our custom, would you please stand as we read God's word together. Psalm 103. I'm, like I say, I'll read the first three verses and then uh, someone jump in for the next slide, then another and, until we finish. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is in within, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness for such as were all who are oppressed. He is a shade, he is a gentle shade for those on whose path he will prevail. 
Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion and in unison together. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Father, you are worthy of our praise. We worship you with all our hearts on this day. And it's in the name of your son that we offer our praise to you through the leadership of the Holy Spirit and in your word. We pray all of these things. Amen. Thank you and be seated. I know that you think of this as magnificent of a psalm as I do. It is a wonderful word of encouragement to us. One of the sweetest words in this world full of broken people is forgiveness. Forgiveness. You probably got broken relationships that you think will never be healed. You don't know. If they will be healed, it's going to be because of forgiveness. Just think about our relationship before the Lord, how much we need his forgiveness. I don't often suggest doing things like this, but sometimes when I am counseling with someone who has been through an extremely difficult time, I will suggest that they go home, sit down in a quiet place, put the Bible open on their lap to Psalm 103, close their eyes, and just imagine crawling up in the Lord's lap and letting him put his arms around him or her and then open up Psalm 103 and sense this beautiful word from the Lord. One of the reasons that I am reluctant to suggest things like that is because sometimes people are confused about our relationship with God. We all those who know Jesus have a personal relationship with him, with God through Jesus Christ. It's very intimate and personal. But none of us gets a private relationship with God in which he tells us things that he doesn't tell anybody else. And you may sense a, a very strong or uh, affectionate, tender moment from the Lord or very clear direction. But God is not going to tell you anything that he wouldn't be willing to tell everybody. That's the way his word works. So we get a personal relationship, but not a private one. But this psalm is intensely personal. And so it's a good way to just think about the Lord speaking to us in the ways that he does. I can explain that further uh, if you have questions. Like I said, I'll be back in August. If there are a lot of questions, maybe September, October, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, ha having said that, all of this in preparation, I hope our time in Psalm 103 this morning will encourage you to go back later and just dwell in the Lord's love and forgiveness for you. Verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. This psalm begins with an absolute Full, complete expression of praise to the Lord. Every one of us worships something. 
We all worship something. What is your soul worshiping? Bless my car, oh my soul. Bless my Facebook account, oh my soul. Bless my World Cup, oh my soul. Okay, that's a low blow. In fact, it's a blow to the knee to some of you. I expect people to be writhing on the floor any moment. Look, not all distractions become idols. And, and Paul, by the way, was a huge sports fan. It's very clear. He was also interested in military matters, farming, agricultural matters. He was interested in a whole lot of things, and he used them as analogies. But sometimes our distractions become idols. King David's heart was overflowing with gratitude when he wrote Psalm 103. So many of his psalms were, were prayers for deliverance from his enemies or prayers of deep confession for the sin that he had committed. But Psalm 103 uh, was a psalm in which he poured out his gratitude for God's love and goodness to him. Verse 2 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Uh, some months ago, Allison and I were in the mountains and at Michael, my son Michael's um, home. By the way, they've got a virus. It uh, looks like it may be on the march in their home, so please pray for them. But uh, we came across this book that Michael had Every Moment Holy. It's a book of liturgies. Um, and Andrew Peterson writes the introduction. It is an amazing, amazing book. And the other night, we were staying in a, in a motel. Yeah, not, you know, quite up to the standard we usually look for in a motel. Let's just say that. And so we read this liturgy. There are all kinds of liturgies. There's a liturgy for coming to the ocean or, or arriving at the ocean. Uh, a liturgy for changing diapers. You know, there, it just, it, there are all kinds of things. But there are three right at the front for the morning, at noon, and e at the fall of, of, of evening. And so we read this last one. And I was so convicted about my expectations in life for this and for that. And you're thanking God in this liturgy for his provision uh, of food, of uh, so uh, sustenance, but also of, of, of shelter and safety. And someone recently said, we take for granted the fact that we get up every day and there's a police force that is seeking to protect us, not to hunt us down and to harm us. There are so many things we take for granted in our lives and I was convicted. And so bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Let's do it. Here's the second place I want you to participate. Let's just call out some of the benefits, some of the ways, one word, two, three words most. Just how does God Bless us. What are some of the benefits that we may take for granted? <laughs> Absolutely. The water, we drink. the water we drink. Not everybody has access to, to, to good water. Health. Health. Says the 99. No, no, 92. <laughs> give out this year. The man shoots his age in golf every year. Whoops the pants off the rest of us. So, 
choose citizenship, not only in this life, but in heaven too. What about that citizenship? These are beautiful benefits. Yes, which was damaged by hail last year, but it's, you know, we had insurance to clean it up. Sunshine. What a blessing sunshine is, especially after a week of rain. Someone else said something. See. The ability to see. We've got friends who are struggling with macular degeneration. Others, it's tough. Freedom to worship. Family. One last one over here I think I heard. Choices. My goodness, Americans have way too many choices. But they're, we consider it a blessing. You know, we're, you, you go overseas and it's like, what? Really? That's the only choice you have? We're so arrogant. And we're so forgetful of God's blessings to us. One of the problems that we have is the more we have is the more somehow we think we caused it to happen. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Who heals all your diseases. I have no doubt in my mind that someone in this room this morning. Or listening to this podcast. Someone is carrying a deep burden of guilt. There is something in your past. Maybe it's recent. Maybe it's years. Maybe it's decades ago. And it just gnaws at you. It wears on you. And you think, how can God forgive me for this? He is the one who forgives all your iniquity. It's good to examine our hearts for sin. But Satan will overwhelm us with debilitating guilt if he is able. If you are in Christ Jesus forgives all your iniquities. And he heals all your diseases. Listen, David, of all people, knew that God didn't answer all prayers for healing. He understood that. But he also understood that one day we're going to all be healed ultimately, completely. And we understand that much better than David did in these days after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. From the dead. He conquered death by dying in our place. <clears throat> Verse 4 Who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. I was saved when I was 18 years old, and um, I had one of those testimonies. You know, I was saved out of drugs and just a pretty wild life, and really. I was almost destroyed by the choices that I had made. And God saved me and redeemed my life from the pit. If you were saved at eight years of age, if you cannot remember a time when you did not put all of your hope in Jesus for your salvation, because you know that you can't do it on your own, and you're, you're a sinner, and apart from his grace, you don't. If you can't remember a time that you didn't believe that, you were saved from the pit, from the edge of the pit. You were hanging over 
the pit of hell by a thread, a small thread. I, I, Jonathan Edwards, I've read it a few times, uh, his sinners in the hands of an angry God, but he did not preach kind of with the passion and the movement that I do. He would be kind of a monotone voice, and when he would look up, he would look above the heads of the people, and he talked about your life dangles by a thread over the pit of hell, and it's unraveling. And when he preached this message, people were hanging on to the pillars of the church. God don't let, because the Holy Spirit moved. It just the Holy Spirit chose to move at that point in time in history and saved people. And the great awakening, the first great awakening in America began. And you know what? Regardless of what we have done or not done as far as good and bad things in our lives, we all hang over the pit by a thread. And it's only the mercy of God who redeems our life from the pit. And then he crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. Linda Talley used to say, by the way, Allison was so honored at TVR this week. And they, rem they remembered Linda as well. This uh, couple that lives up there in the mountains came and told us both that, um, that Linda led their daughter to the Lord. Just we heard these kinds of stories over and over this past week about the way God used different ones. But Linda used to say about raising children, and this is really great advice, parents. Hold a golden crown over your children's heads and help them to grow into it. Encourage them to grow into it. Parents, um, you're probably stricter than most parents you know just because we have a particular worldview and understand all of that. Be as gracious as you can as well. Say yes as often as you can because believe it or not, your inclination is to say, no, no, we can't do that. No, no, we're not doing that. Uh, yeah. Do I look like I've got free time? Is that what it looks like to you? Maybe you should help me wash these dishes. But, um, you know, just Linda would say, hold that golden crown and help them to grow into it. You know what? The Lord knows we're incapable of growing into the crown that enables us to go into heaven. And so he places it firmly on our heads. The crown of love steadfast love, love that's not going to quit. It's going to keep on going. No matter how bad you blow it, if you're his child, he loves you. and He crowns you with steadfast love and with mercy. Hallelujah. Verse 5, he satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. This week, Allison and I did stay in a motel in Spruce Pine, which is about 20 miles. That's mountain miles uh, from the camp at night in the fog sometimes, you know. And so we would leave camp anywhere from quarter to 11, 1030, quarter to 11 to midnight, go home, just, you know, stand, stand at the foot of the bed and then just fall over and... Uh, Get up in the next morning and go back and do it again. I don't know how. Look, I was there for 20 years. How in the world I lived that life? I don't know. I, just the, the, the mercy and goodness of God. But the older you get, Jack and Suzanne Lucas, we were talking about 
things back there in the back before the service this morning. And Jack said, just old people stuff. I said, yeah, I know all about it. It's just old people stuff. It, life, you, you just run out of energy. But you know what the Lord gives us? And I thought about Jim Acock and Joy when I was saying this. Jim's a lot older, a lot older than Joy. But they both have such <laughs> energy, energy to continue serving the Lord. I'd say chances are good, and nobody knows this but you. If you've been sick, Jim and Joy may have been to see you. And nobody else knows it. The Lord renews our strength and gives us the energy. But he gives us the energy to minister to other people. That's the purpose that we have in this life. We're, we're, we're called to serve one another. So ask the Lord for energy. And you've got to rest sometimes. My goodness, two months. I mean, but we're, we're doing a lot of ministry, a lot of thinking, reading, uh, writing during this time. But, but, but God is the one who's going to build us up in order to serve him. So the Lord renews our souls and satisfies us with good. He satisfies us with himself. Verse 6, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Look, it, it, it may be that you are being treated very unjustly and very unfairly in this life. But God fights for you. It's the craziest thing I was thinking about this week at camp. They were saying, look, I know what's happening tonight. I know what was happening this week. They were sort of honoring the directors. And, and, and I just keep thinking about when Billy Graham died. I'm so grateful for all of your love and, and your expressions of love. Billy Graham, when, when he died, they were showing all these clips. And he was old and sitting there. And he said, it seemed to me like it's a little too much Billy and not enough Jesus. And sometimes I think that, you know. But the Lord commands us to do this for one another. We are told never to praise ourselves. Let it come from another man's lips, not your own. But he also says you are to encourage and to build one another up and give honor to whom honor is due and all of those things. And sometimes when somebody else doesn't fight for you, you feel like you have to fight for yourself. And I get that. But the Lord tells us, trust me. When you're being treated unjustly. But he also tells the rest of us. If you treat somebody unjustly. Big trouble for you. Big trouble for you. But one day. All wrongs are going to be righted. And know this. That God is aware of everything. That is happening to you. He knows everything. And he's going to take care of it. Because he loves you deeply. Verse 7. He made known his ways to Moses. His acts to the people of Israel. This is just a good reminder. If God does not reveal himself to us. We won't know him. You know what we'll do? We'll make up a God of our own image. In our own image. We'll just make him up. 
But God did reveal himself to Moses. And through Moses, he revealed himself to the people of the entire world. He made himself known then. He continues to make himself known today. And he makes him, if you want to know God, you have to be where he is speaking. He is speaking in his word, in the church, in the preaching of the word, in the songs that we sing, in, all, in the creeds that we we, we recite <clears throat> together the prayers that we offer. God reveals himself to us through his word and through the ministries of his word in quiet times and also in our communication with one another as we edify one another with genuine spiritual fellowship. Not just the, you know, the, hey, let's get together and have a meal and talk about how... Um, LeBron's on the move, you know, to the Lakers. I'm now a Lakers fan. Lakers fan, aren't you? We'll be seeing Lakers shirts in here pretty soon. And if that doesn't work out, four years later, we'll see other shirts, you know. So, But not that, but the kind of fellowship that talks about the ways of God and the goodness of God. Chad and I have breakfast on a semi regular basis not in a while now I've been gone but we we talk about everything and we talk about sports a lot and and the greatest music ever the 60s music you know and 70s music that kind of stuff but we talk about the Lord and our hearts just very quickly move to God's ways and his goodness to us even in great Great difficulties. Verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. I don't imagine this is difficult for you. Because you have so many people in your life who are just like this. Slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Boy, wasn't that touching when Keisha said that, how do you begin to explain God the Father to someone whose father is, a, is absent or was cruel, abusive? How do, you, how do you begin? You start at a different place, don't you? But this is who our God is. He's a perfect God. And, and by the way, he, he's slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. We, we, we get this sense that God is looking down from heaven like this. Hey! Hey! I, I know what you're thinking. Remember, I'm God. I know what you're thinking. Don't you do it. Don't! What? Ah, that makes me so mad! And so we've sinned, and the Lord says, and we say, God, would you forgive me? And, and we sense him going, no, I won't forgive. Did I not warn you? How, how many times have we gone over this? You did it again, and, and you're going to have to learn your lesson. You wallow around in your misery for about a week and then come back to me, and maybe, just maybe. And so that's what we do when finally God says, well, okay, but do better next time. That's not, see, that's, that's a law mentality. Of our relationship with God. It's we're called, we, we need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. To be reminded that we were never good enough in the first place. To be disappointed with yourself is to have believed in yourself. We were never good enough anyway. God forgives us in spite of who we are. 
And when we know that, we're motivated to love and obey and serve him. Because of his goodness to us. Verse 9. He will not always chide. Nor will he keep his anger forever. This Hebrew word for chide is the idea of he, he will not nurse his grievances. He doesn't scowl and wait for us to mess up. Uh, years ago a young man told me that when his father would punish him. He'd be pretty upset. And then an hour later... He'd be singing, laughing, doing something. And his mother would say, don't you let your father see you like that. He'd say, why not? Because he's still upset with you. And it would be two or three days before he could be happy again in front of his father. Because his father was still getting over his anger. That's not our God. That may be what you're used to. But that's not your heavenly father. He's not like that. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor does he repay us according to our iniquities. Aren't you glad for that? Verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As a father, I'm reading the wrong thing. So great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west. So far does he remove our transgressions from us. Now, look, the Lord tells us in his word that our sins are moved this far. From us, and that He remembers our sins no more. Does that mean that God forgets? Look, I know it's well intentioned. I know it's probably helpful. It's been helpful for some of you when people say, "Look, if you come to the Lord and confess your sin, and then you you still feel guilty, and you go back, He's like, uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about. I, I don't I don't have that sin in my records." There's a sense in which that's true, but it's not. This is, it's even far greater. It's not that God just erases it from his memory. He's God. He, he knows everything. He, he's not. But he chooses not to hold those sins against us. So for some of you, you've been deeply hurt. And you say one of these Christian phrases that really it's, it's a good one. Well, uh, I love you, but I don't have to like you. You know, or... Um, I can forgive you, but I can't forget. Well, just be honest. You hadn't forgiven. I, I get it. I, I, I get that. I get how difficult it is to do. And we have to do this over and over and over. When someone has hurt us deeply, especially, or betrayed us, we have to say, with the Lord's help, I choose to forgive. And when you do, you're like your father. He chooses not to hold our sins against us. So the person who gives you so much grief and, and who you want to dislike so much, just ask the Lord to say, I'm not going to hold that against you. I'm not going to treat you any differently. And they're going to give you a reason to do it again here very quickly, but you have to make that choice over and over. That's how God is to us. Verse 13, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion 
to those who fear him. <clears throat> For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. We forget that sometimes. Sometimes in our life. We forget it, but he remembers that we are dust. God is a God of grace. Jesus loved us more than we can fathom and showed us his love by going to the cross. It was the plan of God, though, that sent Jesus to the earth and to the cross. And when you think about it this way, <clears throat> I think I said this one time. It struck me even as I was preaching years ago I, that when Jesus asked the Father to allow the cup of wrath, he knew that it was the cup of God's wrath that was going to be poured out over and over in the Old Testament. The cup of wrath, the cup of wrath I will pour out on the nations. I will pour out on those who oppose me. And Jesus knew that the wrath that was rightly directed toward us was going to be poured out on him. And he said, Father, if it be your will, please let this cup pass from me. And the Father's silence shouted his love for you, for me. No wonder we're drawn to love and serve and obey the Lord. Just as we desire to please our earthly fathers who have been good fathers, or if not, some of you have painful memories of your father, there's somebody in your life that you just don't want to upset. Because you love this person, and this person loves you so well, you don't want to upset that person. Fear the Lord who forgives you freely. Does that sound incongruous? Um, that the Lord loves those who fear him. Well, Psalm 130 verse 4 puts it this way. There is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. God forgives us in order that we might respect and love. And yes, there's an element of, I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to be in trouble with, with my dad, you know, with God, the father. But there's also the element of, I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to to do things that would embarrass. And, and God gets his glory. I know all of that. But he presents himself as our father. And so that's the kind of relationship we have with him. What a great God he is. And the remaining verses tell of his greatness. I'm just going to read through. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. He flourishes when a flower is in full bloom. But then the wind passes over it and it is gone. And its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is not with us as long as we're here. <clears throat> it's from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. <clears throat> and his righteousness to children's children. To those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O oh, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his host, 
his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let's pray. Father, this psalm has ended where it began. With praise to an all-powerful and ever-gracious God. Lord, if there are those who entered this morning with deep sorrow and sadness of heart, may they leave with hearts filled with gratitude for the many, many, many benefits with which you have blessed us and also especially eternal life, forgiveness of our sins, being patient with us, understanding that we are but dust and loving us anyway. We love you, our sovereign and faithful and steadfast, loving, steadfastly loving God. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to audio from Grace Community Church, located in North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this audio content to share with others. But please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Grace Community Church, go to graceccnc.org.